Is this real life? Is it just fantasy? You can't All ruin it when you see slide, No escape from reality. Open your eyes. Unzip your pants and see. I'm just a gay boy. That's no fantasy. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> easy come, easy blow. <coughs> little high, little ho. Any way the gay boy blows. It's falling it apart. Doesn't really matter to me. To me. Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. I don't know, is a chicken capable of consenting? Hey, Mickey. Like those old uh, rub and tracing things. So choose one shaft, one head, and one foreskin, and then just, you know, rub it <laughs> off. Scott. Hi, everybody, I'm Scott. Let's talk about Star Trek. And Fort Max. Yay. I can't wait to say some really ignorant things about it, though. Well, in that case, let's start the show. Woohoo! This week on that one episode of Star Trek, Scott's ignorance. <laughs> it's a two-parter. But do we have Krispy Kreme? Ooh, <laughs> that would be a good idea. I like yeah, donuts. I, 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 okay, so we're going to watch Star Trek TNG Season 5, season five Episode 17, The Outcast. Filmed, uh, entirely on two, location, the filmed entirely on location in the state of Indiana. <laughs> I stereo where available. I think this episode turned me into a men's rights activist. That's how weird this episode is. <laughs> well, no other reaction. Backing away slowly. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, but this is a very strange episode, and 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 I don't think any of us really know what it was trying to say, or if, if well, it just. No, it's pretty obvious what it's trying it's to say. It's pretty obvious what it's trying to say. It's trying to say conversion therapy bad, but... Unless it but, isn't? But is kind of half-assing it? This is the writer saying, let's finally do a gay episode. And they're realizing, oh shit, we can't do a gay episode because people will freak the fuck out. So let's back away from it as quickly as we started it. But they somehow decided to do that once 95% of the script is written. Yeah. Um, it's the equivalent of uh, sticking your toes into the pool to see how cold it is and slowly sticking your leg in and then getting out. <laughs> so you've seen me get in the pool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a documentary called Blackfish. <laughs> oh, that's your mom's documentary. Because she's a whale. <laughs> Because she's fat. And she smells like salt water. <laughs> and she eats men alive. Wait. She only okay, comes man. out at night. She's, <laughs> well, she's not the lean and hungry type, but 
Technically, <laughs> wouldn't your mom be a sperm whale? <laughs> <laughs> well, she does have a blowhole. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I was watching this with with the wife. And uh, she went on this about 10-minute rant about how all the alien races in Star Trek, besides the fact that, yes, they just have funny foreheads, that's the only way to tell them differently, but she was critiquing all their fashion sense. Why is it that each race has, like, one kind of clothing that they wear, and that's it? Like, not every race wears a uniform all the time. What the hell is up with that? There's no variety. If they're this, they wear the exact same clothing. I'm like, well, yeah, but the Star Trek people, they're on a ship. They're, they're you know... They're, they wear uniforms. Like, yeah, but not the people they run into. I'm like, well, they're they're on other ships. So, yeah, they're personal organizations. So they'd have a uniform, right? And if they're talking to, like, government officials and stuff of planets, maybe they'd be wearing uniforms. So I was trying as hard as I could to rationalize it. <laughs> Did she it, not? Uh, uh, didn't really go well. Didn't go well. At least with the Cardassians, you could kind of rationalize everybody on the planet wearing the same outfit because Cardassia is basically planet North Korea. Yeah. Yeah, and I try to explain that too. It's like, you know, maybe the cultures do that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't know, but there's like almost no excuse for the for the Janai because, uh, yeah. Should they be in the digital world anyway? <laughs> well, Mickey, you can at least rest easy that Don will appreciate that joke. I heard Fort Max snickering. I know, but I wanted to make you feel bad about it. So <laughs> I don't feel bad about anything Don does. <laughs> Are you sure about that? No, I'm derisive, but I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> I mean, I've shown you some pictures. I don't recall seeing any photographs ever. That's good. Pretend the evidence doesn't exist. It's better to have plausible deniability. I don't want to know what this evidence is. <laughs> See? Just just follow Fort Max's lead here. It's fine. <laughs> So yes, Mickey, you uh, decided to uh, have us watch this episode. So why don't you do the? Okay, do the thing. Do the do. Isn't this Julie's job to do the thing? Okay. All right. So the Enterprise has been contacted by the androgynous rate of the, the Janai, because uh, they lost a shuttle out in space, and uh, without boobs or penises, they don't know how to find it. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and so they so they don't they won't stop for directions and they don't have a good sense of directions so <laughs> they're just totally fucked. So uh, what's possibly the worst cold open of all time? Yeah. They approach the area of space where the shuttle disappeared. Data launches a probe. It doesn't find anything, and then the probe stops transmitting. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. dun. <laughs> Boy, this is shaping up to be a thrilling episode. Yeah, even even Picard is kind of like leaned over, leaning one elbow, like, okay, so I mean, even Picard doesn't doesn't care. <laughs> and honestly, I'm a little concerned of why they've got like a dozen Jedi on the bridge. I thought that was weird too. The first that's the first thought I had was like, what are all these aliens doing on their fucking bridge? Maybe they're like, like the Amish secure area. Maybe they're like the oh. Amish and they only travel in packs. I like, think those. Those are those are wolves, XV. I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of wolves with the, those haircuts and the overalls around here. It's, I'm pretty sure it's the Amish <laughs> driving up to Aldi in their minivans. Uh, yeah, I like Picard's reaction. Like, oh, wait, wait, what? 
Most people wouldn't be driving minivans now. Well, they do because they're not allowed to have their carriages on the road anymore. So Mennonites, not Amish. Really? Oh, they could be Mennonites, actually. They're probably Mennonites. Because uh, the Amish down like, in lower Middle Tennessee, they can still take their, their horse and buggies everywhere. Yeah, I presume it's just like the county being assholes. Oh. I mean, if I'm, if you're going to mess with like Mennonites of the Amish, do it online. They'll never know. Don't do it in real life. That's just being an asshole. Okay, but like, if you're an asshole in the woods and nobody's there to appreciate <laughs> it, did you troll? <laughs> uh, God, this that's way too deep for me right now. <laughs> that is, look, you know, I'd much rather like go through the 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 minefield that is gender dynamics. Oh, well, good news. This episode doesn't have any because they have no gender. Oh, man, this is such a weird fucking episode. Except, well, except the ones that do. (laughs) So Picard loses his favorite probe. The poor guy. So after the drama of the the probe not transmitting, (laughs) we cut to uh, down on planet Jedi, Genopolis, what the fuck this place is called. They never did name the planet, did they? It's a certain Jani Sequa. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so uh, Riker is explaining that um, it's like having apparently... a paladin with more emotions, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Riker is explaining that well, you all got a fancy mythical null space around your star system. It, it's like that Danger Mouse episode, only it's self-contained. Yeah, I like how they have this like uh, this whole seminar for the, the scientific principle behind what's going on, and they send Riker to do the presentation. Yes. Yeah. Wh- what? Do they have like some engineering officer like behind the camera Data? with cue cards, you know, telling him what to say? <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where he's got like an earpiece on, yeah. and Data's up in the ship, like trying to tell him what to say, and he's fucking it up. <laughs> It's just it's so anyway. inappropriate use of Riker, and there's a lot of inappropriate uses of Riker. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, but also the, the signs are like, oh, sometimes when solar systems form, there's just these pockets of null space that absorb everything and don't give off any energy. So they're like black holes, but they're not, and they're okay. cloaked. Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. That that's a thing that totally happens. They had like. The, the foundation of a decent idea here, and they just kind of screwed it up really bad by trying to actually explain it. Yeah, and I'd especially with the oh yeah, it absorbs uh, all ele- it absorbs electromagnetic radiation, and but somehow all... that's also saps uh, the power of the ship of any ships inside. Because yeah, you know, so those people inside by... are fine though, <laughs> right? So it absorbs everything, but also bends things around it so you can't see it. So it's like naturally close. So wait, which is it? Does it bend stuff around it or does it pull stuff in? You, you can't have it both ways. Well, it pulls stuff in from the inside. Well, that's, if you work on your Kegels a lot, then... You know? This is some Star Wars science here. Ooh, god damn. That is the worst insult I have ever heard levied against Star Trek. I mean, I mean, you have to give them kind of a break here because, like, obviously they just wanted to have some kind of social commentary for this episode, and they were not giving their full effort to making the sci-fi to, like, get their work. Yeah, it's Which good pretty enough. much has... fits how important the sci-fi plot actually is to this episode when it's resolved in about 12 minutes. 
Right, right. I mean, it, it, it sets up the conflict or whatever, so whatever. Okay, so this null space is what the Jedi shuttle has wandered into, and the shuttle's been drained of power, but thankfully their life support systems are something or other that doesn't require power or some bullshit. Yeah. They're okay. I, I, I imagine like the air supply is a bunch of balloons filled with oxygen. <laughs> they're just huffing them. Yeah, they, they have, just um, of... they've got a kerosene-based backup life support system. Yeah. I was going to say, they just have a bunch of potted plants on there. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, yeah, they could have, like, a chemical air scrubber system that wouldn't be affected by a power loss. There's still other factors like, you know, heat. Right. That that might be more of an issue, and that's where I'm thinking, okay, it's a kerosene system. <laughs> this is all very stupid. Yes. Yes, it is. But, Maybe that's so, why they needed 19 of their people on the bridge of the Enterprise to, like, supervise the process. <laughs> so we can do dumb things faster. All of a sudden, it's like, this doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. You know, it, looking, look at them, this, looking at this, I wonder, I wonder if these might not be distant relations of the Packwoods. <laughs> Thank you. I was wondering when that was going to come up. <laughs> yeah, if, if a Packwood fucked a Binar. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Wait, would that be a threesome? <laughs> It doesn't matter. The packlets can't count that high. <laughs> That's why packlet technology is all binary based because they can only count the ones. Packlets are so dumb. I don't know if they fit enough threesome because they can't count that high. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, so that—that's why they uh, shot Giordi so many times. If I only shot him once. Yeah. One, two, I forget. One. 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 Oh. Luckily, it's easy to outrun them because they keep going, instead of stepping left, right, left, right, they go left, 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 they just spin in circles. Ah, NASCAR. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah. the Enterprise's plan is... Spoilers, um, that's the most fun we're going to have with this episode for the next hour. <laughs> well, we'll see. The Enterprise's plan is we're going to send one of our shuttles in, because that'll totally be fine. And we'll have Jordy do some kind of thing to it. He'll, yeah, he'll put a bumper on the front of it, it'll protect it for a little bit. Oh, like yeah, so the truck. So the energy won't get drained as fast. So we'll give enough time to go in and get the people out and then and then fly out. So we know that it's there, so we're going to insulate our power system somehow, I, I guess. But like you said, the science part of this isn't the, the, the meat of the episode. It's not even like the, the green beans of the episode. <laughs> right. It's not even the, the parsley. It's not even the parsley so of the episode. The meat of the episode is uh, the doctor or scientist, what, Soren? Sorrel? Sorry? Soren, I think, yeah. But not the cool Soren. No, no, not Dr. Soren, no. Uh, and she's wanting to fly the shuttle herself because itself, whatever. Apparently she's kind of a badass. She's like a badass pilot, and she's like kind of cool. I mean, for a androgynous person because you know i don't know well look she later identifies at herself as female so we'll just go with that yeah. for simplicity spoilers yes but we're trying to make this God conversation work scott so we should make this conversation as confusing as this episode is thank you is the episode really confusing or is it just badly constructed 
Uh, I think kind of yes. one follows from the other, yeah. <laughs> they feed into each other in sort of a feedback loop. Right. Ow, my ears. <laughs> okay, so Riker says, well, I know the shuttle and you don't. Um, I'm not letting you drive our car without knowing what the gas pedal is, so I'm coming along. Which, okay, so this is an interesting point because every other time in Star Trek, anybody can go to any computer system and immediately start working it. Oh, we've been teleported to a Ferengi ship. Quick, get on their console and start trying to reroute the transporter beam to get us out of here. It's like it's like you've ever seen a Ferengi console before. I'm so they make a point of that, and then I, they just gloss right over it. I mean, I think there's supposed to just be the background implication that, like, at least Starfleet personnel are fairly well-educated in various fields, including, like, being passable in major languages of the other races. So, like, it's I could see... Riker is just, like, being really condescending. <laughs> well, that's, how, that's, that's, that's what brought out her femaleness, you know? <laughs> Riker's like, oh, you poor savage. Here, let me help you with that. Right. Uh... This but is called kinda... a photograph. It doesn't trap your soul. <laughs> but this mirror does. Can I buy your planet for some beads? <laughs> Thanks. So, and my um, favorite, I like how there is apparently no uh, gender, no translation for this gender-neutral singular pronoun. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what that pronoun could be that they use. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, <laughs> what if you just use they? Because <laughs> they can sometimes be plural. I mean, I, uh... so what? The like, the and thou then? Sure. Okay. Party. Thou hast gained another level. Fortune smiles upon thee. <laughs> All right. Yep. So, uh, right no, no, says, thee and thou is a old form of singular you. <sighs> Thanks, Shakespeare. <laughs> I don't see how that's relevant, but thank you. <laughs> you know, Mariposa. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Riker says, well, come on up to the ship. I'll give you shuttle flying lessons. So we smash cut up to a really dark shuttle bay. I guess they forgot to pay the power bill. Right. Um, it's nighttime. But... Yes. But it is cool to see, like, a shuttle sitting in the shuttle bay, which is... I thought, oh, yeah, we've never, ever seen that before. Well, it's just well, always neat to see it. One thing is, uh, this is the cool shuttle, not the shitty tiny, tiny box shuttle. It's also seasons. not. It's also not the Chevy Astro shuttle, right? But one thing I love though is that when this, the warp nacelles have the copper on them, yeah. So when they're not powered, they look coppery, which is weird. I assume they're still coppery, but when they're powered on, the blue glow is so bright you can't see the copper. It, well, it's... yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Also, in the uh, the little uh, CGI schematic on the inside, the uh, the blue part is red for some reason on the on the little computer image. Of the shuttlecraft. But that means it's overheating. I thought that was kind of weird. See, when it's blue, it's cool. <laughs> like ranch dressing. No, that's white. So, inside the shuttle bay, uh, Soren now, interrupts Now, cool ranch Doritos, that's the blue bag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, inside the shuttle. Soren interrupts Riker's lesson to get into gender. Because that's what this episode's all about. Ostensibly. Ostensibly, yeah. So uh, Riker has a cute little thing. Well, what about pronouns? Can't call you it. That's rude. 
and then that's when they go through all that shit. Riker says, "Well, this has been great. Um, I'm hungry. Why don't I feed you a delicious meal?" <laughs> but, I like in- jazz. but instead, he feeds her pea soup. Yeah, of all the food in the galaxy, he wants her to try split pea soup. Yeah, um, really puzzling, Riker. This is your romantic meal—is split pea soup. A tiny little, <laughs> like gelatinous fruit bowl, plastic fruit bowl of pea soup. So. Riker says, well, I'm from Alaska, and this stuff keeps you warm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) See, at this point, I'm just thinking that Riker, this is just the way he is. He's being completely innocent, but it still comes off as flirting and trying to get into Mm -hmm. people's pants. It's just the way he is. It's not even his fault. He's just sort of... His baseline is erotic. Yes! He can't help it. He's just that kind of guy. It's the beard, man. I'm telling you. And he's trying his damnedest to charm a vagina onto this person. Maybe not erotic, but like solicitous, maybe? Yeah, salacious. So, yes, there you go. So um, they blether on and on about the differences. About men and women, they be different. Yeah, women drop like this. <laughs> men drop like this. So he does the whole like snips and snails and puppy dog tails and sugar and spice and which is like really that again that's such that's a what you go to, to yeah, that's gender. A, such a specific metaphor for your particular culture and you're gonna use that now I love though that uh, Soren asks so Riker what is it that makes you male <laughs> well, Riker freezes and you know what the first thought in his head is <laughs> my huge hairy cock it's my trombone. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to toot on it? Now, of course, I I I like to assume that she's just messing with him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> uh, just just making him feel as uncom as uh, like uncomfortable as possible because it just knows exactly what he doesn't want to talk about and he's just going to make it uncomfortable for him as he was making it for her earlier. Right. Also, it's revenge for this fucking soup. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except the thing is, all of her questions, since we find out later on that she is female, they're all pretty leading questions that she wants to bang him and she wants to get him thinking about sex with her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um... She's kind of playing him when he's used to playing in the, the female. Which is probably why he ends up being so attracted to her. Well, either that or the haircut and frumpy smock. <laughs> it is pretty irresistible. I'm, <laughs> I'm fighting an erection right now. Who's? So, yeah, she totally does the, well, you know, we're two different species and we have a fibrous husk. And Erector's like, well, it sounds like we're very different. And she looks at him and the smile on her face is like, I bet we're not. <laughs> She's like... I still have an anus. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know that for sure. I have a cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would I find that pre- more believable. <laughs> I have a prehensile clitoris. Eh? Yeah, prehensile. Is it post-hensile? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. So uh, just before Riker can seal the deal... Uh, Soren's boss walks in and glares disapprovingly at the soup. <laughs> Soren's like, oh, I left the oven on. Gotta go. 
<laughs> Which is, it's bad. Because there is nothing going on between the two of them. Right. They're, they're literally just talking. I mean, they've they meeting. They're talking, and eating dinner, and like, she freaks out like uh, she had his hand on her crotch or something. I don't right. know. I mean, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Mike Pence is one of the members of this species because <laughs> he can't eat dinner with some of the opposite gender, less wife there. Can't eat dinner with someone of a gender. Well, given, given uh, the conversion therapy thing. Yeah. 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 See, that's, yeah, it all starts tying together. But yeah, her boss is just a bitch. So, or a dick. Beginning. But but Riker, the look he gives her, like, oh, I'm on to you. You're full of shit. I can tell already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Riker gives her the, oh, bitch, don't even play with me. <laughs> it's like, you cock block. <laughs> you cloaca blocker. All right, so let's start scouting out no space. Woohoo! So it has so, a defined region. And so uh, Jordy is smart. He wants to make it go. <laughs> and he wants to figure out how big Null Space is before they go traipsing about through it. A smart move. Because, you Wilson know, there's plenty there. of time for that shuttle crew to, you know, just, like, be dying while they... They only have, like, majors. ten days or so. How many days have passed already, though? That's the question. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important that we shoot phasers at it. Yeah. It's like not a scanner, not not like anything else, but like phaser beams. Okay. This is engineering in the proudest Scotty tradition. <laughs> we shoot to learn. <laughs> Literally. We come in peace to learn, shoot to learn. Yeah, we come in peace, shoot to learn, shoot to learn. So they're going about doing their sciencey thing when Soren just pipes off with, Do you think a human could fuck one of a Jedi? And you see Riker just like his eyes get wide and sort of like look at her from the side. Yeah. He's like, damn, you're bold. You ever heard what a sound when a erect penis hits geranium? Dang. What? Because <laughs> he's sitting down and he just hits the underside of the console. Dang. The geranium? Geranium. Oh, duranium. Yeah. Sorry. Dur. I said dur. Like flowers. Yes, that's that's it. Well, then we segue from this into of well, that would never be permitted. Well, she goes to the speed. Was like, oh, I'm very interested in your mating rituals and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. And then she actually says the line, "Tell me about your sexual organs." <laughs> and I just paused it with it with Riker looking up wide-eyed, and it is the perfect screenshot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Record scratch. At this point, she realizes subtlety is getting her nowhere, and she just goes for broke. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she explains that their people evolved beyond gender into a genderless form. Long time ago, they're more evolved, like you primitive scum. Mm-hmm. And Rocket says, "Well, there's something said for being primitive, like my penis." Yeah, it's fun being animalistic, or he says something very lurid. Oh, you've never been primal with me, or something like that. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it, baby. <laughs> Fibrous husks. 
So, uh, in the midst of them being horny teenagers, um, Riker stops paying attention to the road and runs off the, into the median a little bit. Grab, kicks up gravel. And uh, one of the nacelles clips the null space and loses power, so they start spinning. Whee! That's a good trick. It's like power sliding in a shuttle. And so Sword immediately starts climbing on top of chairs uh, where she falls and hits her head. Okay. <laughs> Thankfully, it's just a small concussion. She'll be fine. <laughs> She's like, usually you're in an enclosed space with Rikers, the back of your throat that's sore, not your head. Or your so as uh, Dr. Crusher <laughs> is treating her, um, she notices that Dr. Crusher is a female because she's painted like a whore. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, human females are ashamed of their appearance, which is why they cover their face in a mask of colors. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I kind of wish that was the actual dialogue now. <laughs> I your hair is much longer in... Um, you actually put some effort into Elaborately it. styled? Is that right? That, that's a compliment, right? So you stand in a windstorm for ten minutes and then you walk out. I see. Now, does the Enterprise have an ozone hole because of your hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then Crusher launches into the men and women's they be difference. Because mm -hmm. men also want to be noticed. They do it in different ways. Like putting their leg up on top of consoles. <laughs> or stepping over chairs. <laughs> <laughs> but she explains that the sexes are viewed equally and women are just as strong as men. And nobody thinks any differently this, these days. Smash cut. <laughs> Picking up the uh, poker game from last episode. <laughs> yes, I think this is the only instance in the series of a poker game without Riker. A little bit awkward to have him there. Oh yes, it certainly would have. I'm just pointing out it's interesting. It's the like one poker game in the show without Riker. So but... Troy's coming up with this bullshit set of rules <laughs> where like half the cards in the deck are wild. And Worf calls her on that shit. He goes, that's a fucking woman's game. <laughs> Makes it too easy. A real warrior plays a hard game where nothing's wild and you actually have to win by your hand. You don't just get to make up shit as you go. <laughs> a real warrior plays a, a game where you can uh, assemble no cards. Yeah. <laughs> well, we play poker too, but they're not cards. They're they're knives. And we don't sit at a table. We, <laughs> we attack each other with them. And Well, okay, it's not like poker at all, but still. <laughs> I think the Klingon version of poker is the uh, arm wrestling where they have the knives pointed at their hands. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's called poke him because you poke the other guy with a knife. The Klingons aren't picky. It could be poke her, too. I guess, yeah. Okay. But so Torf says this incredibly sexist thing. Yes, he does. Women are weak. And Crusher's like, hold up. I just contradicted you last scene. <laughs> Are yeah, you saying that you. women are weak and need your protection? And Worf's like, yes. <laughs> okay. Right. There's no ambiguity about the way War feels about this. And even he admits like the giant make him feel uncomfortable, which is, you know, kind of bold in its honesty, I guess. They all look but alike. Also, well, that is true. Very I mean, uncharacteristic for Worf, who, as we've seen, already gets a hard-on for strong women. True, but but women nonetheless. 
I mean, Klingons in general don't seem to treat women weaker. I've never really seen that. I've, can anybody think of an example where a female Klingon was treated differently because she was female? Well, in Deep Space Nine, they established that women can't serve on the high... No, they do, that, they do that in Season 4 or so. They do that in TNG also. But it becomes mm. a plot point again in the episode of Deep Space Nine. Like, that's one difference. They can't really, like, serve on the government. Interesting. Stupid, but interesting. Well, you know. Yeah, Klingons. But in terms of, you know, uh, like going into battle with them, I don't think there's any real difference in how they're treated. But I feel like Worf was miswritten in the scene. Yes. Just to get a point across. Mm-hmm. But they had to use Worf for that because he's, you know, the, the non-human character with non-Federation viewpoints, despite oh, that he so... was raised by humans and has lived with the Federation almost all of his life. His mother he's probably spanked most... him. He's also the most alpha male character in the show, therefore, of course, he's going to be the one that's going to be misogynist. And it also flies in the face of... Or homophobic, depending on how you're going to read this. I feel like it also flies in the face a little bit, too, of how Worf is used toward the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Just just putting that out there for when we get to that point. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's burn that bridge when we get to it. So Worf says, no gender gives me the heebie-jeebies. And so the, they talk around, well, we're probably just as weird to them. And Chris was like, well, maybe not one of them. Ooh. Because <laughs> even Crusher's picked up that Soren wants to bang Riker somehow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Soren wants to share a husk with him. Ugh. Ah. <laughs> crack crack so, so open I'm... a dusty husk. <laughs> I want you to. I want you to ruin my husk. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> shuck me, baby. Shuck me. Shuck my husk. <laughs> oh my god. It's like, uh, it's like quarter of the cob down here. Eventually, Troy asks Worf a question that makes him so uncomfortable. He just goes back to playing poker and drops the subject entirely. <laughs> what a delightful scene. But he does correctly. So much. He does correctly point out all these wild cards. My hands completely bullshit. Yeah, I can't tell what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing because all everything's wild. <laughs> oh, but the, the the reason she picked those uh, cards though, I thought it was interesting, is because the Federation was uh, founded in 2161. So that's why she picked like ones and sixes and twos as being wild, or aces or whatever. Uh huh. I, th- I thought that was interesting. They just kind of threw that in there that that's when the Federation was founded. Ones. Got to get your got to get your world building in there somehow. Yeah, <laughs> quite you, hey Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the thing, of course, the thing about Worf's complaint is, wouldn't all those wilds make the game harder since you could? Since it would be harder to tell what people may or may not have. Well, until somebody gets a handful of ones and just decides they have everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do the, the card game I play. I'm gonna pull out a one card. <laughs> that, that's even my notice. Wait, what? <laughs> Bastards. Okay, so Riker and Soron are off on another mission in the shuttle to try and rescue these fuckers. Uh, I thought they were just working on it. Well, yeah, whatever. They were doing repairs. They're in the shuttle. Yeah. Sure. And Soren's coming out to Riker. She's female. 
and this scene goes on for fucking ever. She has to set it up so much about like how bad it is for her people and you know, she'll be sent to a fucking concentration camp and have her be her brain reprogrammed and all kinds of crazy shit. See, and here's where we get to that allegory of uh, the, the homosexuality. Right. Because I, even though I, it's not gay, they set everything up to be directly analogous to no, coming out as gay. Or coming out as trans, because really, she's trans. Sure. Okay, well, yes, but when the episode was written, right. it was specifically intended to be an analogy for homosexuality. It doesn't, it also mean, it doesn't mean it can't trans. apply yes. to other things, though. It does, sure, yes. Sure, but sure. writer intent in this case, they said they were trying to do a homosexuality episode. So, so <laughs> by doing it, they made it about being trans? What? Well, exactly. They fucked it all up. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of why yeah. we're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, the... They're not the same thing writers <laughs> well it was like 1988 or whatever what is the season five so that would be 91 oh well three two. years different sorry 91 92 depending where in the season this was i don't <laughs> even remember but yes you're correct um rather than actually tackle the topic of homosexuality in the early 90s um they chose to make it about making people straight Conversion therapy. Except the, here, the, the straight ones are the weird ones in this culture. Yeah. Right. Because well, we're viewing it from our culture. Right, but okay, the, the gendered ones are the weird ones in, their, in the Jedi culture. Which ma that makes, since she wants to bang Riker, that makes her straight, which makes yeah. it okay to put on TV and have them be romantic with each other. In like right. early 90s censorship bullshit nonsense land yeah no I, I i see what you're saying it's retarded um they didn't have the balls to go through with this to do it correctly um if you look at memory alpha it's interesting because jonathan freight's comments and that he doesn't like this episode because he thinks that soren should have been played by a male that would have made it a hell of a lot more interesting well the, like have. what i'm thinking too is like it's common for sci-fi shows with androgynous alien races to use women for those roles because it's easier to make them look non-gendered. Um, what they should have done is have the Soren character identify as male and still be interested in Riker and, like, work the episode from that angle. Oh, that would have blown everyone's fucking minds. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, it's <laughs> right. definitely something that would have been impossible for... But on as written, TV. they really probably shouldn't have had Soren played by a guy because... Yeah, we really wouldn't have needed yet another trans woman played by a man. Well, I mean, she's, I mean, I, I, would she be considered herself? Eh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my brain just went like 16 circles and just, <laughs> I think I blew out a neuron on that one. Too many layers of reality. Gaga. Oh, I mean, you're right. But I think in terms of making it more bold at the time, having a male actor play a neutral character who then declares as female is a lot more interesting for Riker to act against versus with us because we know that Riker is attracted to females, not men. Right. But and so if he's having to act like this 
I don't know. This makes more sense in my head than I can explain it, I think. No, I see where you're going with it. Because the fact that this is, let's say this is a truly genderless uh, species, Mm. you know, physically, you know, physiologically they are, but mentally and and, uh, sex-wise, you know, that they can pick one. So it doesn't matter if they look more male or look more female. That's that's completely our perception of them. To them, they're all just genderless. So the way they physically look, if we think they look male or female, is immaterial. Because if they're male or female inside, if they feel that certain way, then it doesn't matter. So I think it would be more interesting and would get the point across better if uh, Soren did look more male but identified as female because it wouldn't matter. I think that would just add to the showing how alien they are and how different they are from us, but how it doesn't matter. You know, a person's gender is not the same as their sex. It's not the same as how they identify or how they feel inside. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think I think we're sort of on the same length. I mean, I don't want to discount Fort Max's point either. Oh, of course not. Because the character itself, the character is clearly non-gender to female, which is still a trans thing, trans-female. So therefore, female should be the what we're looking for here. But, oh, yeah, but that's our concept of what female is, though. Well, let's just count the alien thing here for now. Then, oh, okay. Because, All right. Yeah. Well, in that case, there's going to be human allegory anyway. Eh, true. Okay. But if we're looking at it from the perspective of they're going to tell a story about homosexuality, those themes of just you know male male female female attraction of what they're trying I think they're trying to discuss here. That point is better illustrated by having Riker cast goo goo eyes at a dude actor. Which, yeah, but if they had actually, but if it was actually, the episode was actually about it being that, okay, this is gay, sure, but it ended up not because they were too scared to actually have it be about gay people, but apparently about a trans person is okay, and what the heck was going on? Yeah, Yeah, this episode is a disaster. Pretty much. (laughs) It's not as it's probably not as mean spirited as a disaster as Prophet and Lace. No, but, this, yeah, this is, is this is done completely out of ignorance. Well, I don't think the writers considered trans. I don't think that the concept of actually being transgendered as being part of the allegory. I don't think it entered their minds at all. I don't think that was something that that even blipped in their brains. I think this is so purely like a homosexual thing. That they're trying to because to in 1992 or whenever they wrote this, I don't think they understood that there was actually a distinction. I agree, and that, that's I think that's kind of the issue we're looking at. But that's why we're talking yeah. about this episode is is to see how Star Trek has has lacked or failed or has changed over the decades. So yeah, or I has not great. changed to see how way. Star Trek has sure. tried to challenge social issues and just fucks it up royally. Yep. Right. No, and like. That's the whole point we're coming back around to is that this was written from one specific point of view out of ignorance or whatever, but because of the way our perception, the way society has changed since the episode was written, it can now apply to more things than was actually intended just as equally. Right. right. Or even more than what was intended because yeah. yes. Yeah. This isn't very gay. <laughs> no, you're right. It's much more of a transgender issue than a homosexual issue. Because how can you be homosexual if you don't have a gender? The fact of uh, you're picking a gender is the issue. So you're, yeah, you're right. It's literally more purely 
mm-hmm. a transgender issue than a homosexual. But even though the metaphor, the allegory was for homosexuality, it works so much better as a transgender issue. Yeah. Right. But How at the time, though, uh, mm-hmm. transgender wasn't really in people's heads in the early 90s. I mean, it certainly exactly. existed, but no mainstream people just didn't really think about it. The only time it right. really ever, the only time I can remember it really coming up in like mainstream media is. When you'd have a sitcom episode where, oh, surprise, character's friend from high school or whatever is a woman now and is, you know, romantically interested. And I guess random episodes of stuff like Jerry Springer. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't count for anything. Yeah, please. Right. (laughs) But at the time this was written, they were not thinking about transgender as being a part of the episode. It just sort of happened that how they had to filter their homosexual idea down to something that could be palatable to be put on TV without someone in Paramount saying, no, don't do that. Right. It all fell apart and got reassembled as this, which basically doesn't do anything good for anybody. No, especially to me at the end. But let's let's continue, I think. I think we need to move on. Yeah, um, I've completely lost track where we are. Uh, uh, in the shuttle? Yeah. Um, when she, she came out, it's about... Four tenths the way through. That was about thirty minutes ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, she comes out and like, oh, they make goo eyes, and yes, you're very cute, blah blah blah. And uh, Jordy's got a beard now. Yeah. What the <laughs> hell? No, no, no. I think the next thirty minutes of discussion needs to be about his fucking beard. <laughs> well, he had a beard for three episodes total until they decided, no, don't do that. I think uh, LeVar Burton was actually growing the beard because he was doing another role on the side at the time. So it's just like, yeah, sure, we just won't use you very much. (laughs) You fucking hippie. (laughs) So different from usual? It's not like this episode was about bad things happening to him, so... Yeah, pretty much. Like, and there's like, there's basically two patterns to Jordy not being in episodes a whole lot. Uh, one is either that he's had an appendectomy and has to be added in in second unit, which is what happened in Best of Both Worlds Part Two, or he is just busy doing other roles on the side, and so they kind of just put him in when he's available. But you don't have to take his word for it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a book. Okay, yeah, so the weird the weird shot framing in Best of Both Worlds Part Two makes so much more sense when you realize LeVar Burton was not actually there for primary filming. I don't know what you're talking about, but okay, I'll believe you. So well, watch, I, I can say watch Best of Both Worlds Part Two sometime and just. I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say though that the coming out scene in the shuttle, while they're they're kind of underneath the dashboard working on stuff, and her going to this big story about how like a kid was rumored to like be. To identify as male, or even had male aspects, and I was like beat up. And yeah, this is so clearly a homosexual allegory. I mean, not, not that transgender people don't can't you know obviously relate, but I think at the time, if you just change the words there, just like this, this kid identified as was rumored to be gay, and they got beat up, right? And if it, you it, come out as gay, they they make you straight. Yeah, I mean, that's her fucking speech. Right. You have the same thing with both. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like this really heartbreaking tale. It's like, you know, kids can be cruel. And, and then, of course, the society supports their shitty attitude. So uh, to have to hide who you are and how you feel, and uh, it's just terrible. What, the speech or the, the actual hiding? Yes. Both. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Going with both. 
Okay, so Riker and Soren get on the way, and they fly into the null space. Whee! And uh, there's techno babble, and they teleport two survivors over. Oh wow, we're moving ahead. Okay, all right. Yeah, because this is all this is all boring. It is kind <laughs> of. This is filler scenes. They're filler. Uh, they're the command center overloads the morphers somehow. So then you get to spend some rewiring time and oh wait, wrong uh, filler. <laughs> All right, so eventually uh, they rig the shuttle to blow up to give themselves enough power to teleport straight back to the Enterprise, whatever. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but what fucking does make sense in this episode? Yeah, Technobabble was not the strong suit of this episode. I just love if they blew up the shuttle. Mm-hmm. Like, there's enough action in this episode. Could you blow something up somehow? Right. They could have just left it there, but no, they had to blow it up. <laughs> and Chris Picard's like, God damn it, first a probe, now my favorite shuttle. You stay away from my dune buggy. A <laughs> captain's yacht. Yeah, that's why Picard don't ever let them take the captain's yacht out. <laughs> Just lose it in an anomaly. <laughs> and then there'd be this ugly hole on the bottom of the ship. <laughs> yeah, this divot sticking out like a like an any nipple. That would totally ruin uh, the, the ship. The divot sticking out. You know what I mean. <laughs> it would totally ruin the ship's aerodynamics. Yes, thank there'd be, you. There'd be like this big spot of drag in space. <laughs> Subspace drag. <laughs> that like RuPaul in an astronaut outfit? It, it can be. Now that you get that idea in my head, sure. All right, so thanks for saying that, our people. Uh, RuPaul in uh, the uh, Astro Mega Ship uniforms. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like it started off as disgust and then turned into arousal. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> or just RuPaul in the Astro Megaship. Just you know, the the costume itself for the Zord. <laughs> well, what would even be the point at that point? She would make it work. Okay, so boss bitch says, "Thank you for saving our people. We're gonna throw you a luau." <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna roast gay people and eat them. So it's nighttime on the planet, and Riker can't take any more of being indoors with lots yeah, of people. It, yeah, it can find spaces with lots of people, like a starship. Uh, I kind of get the feeling Riker's just talking shit out of his ass. He doesn't mean anything. He's like, I couldn't be in there with those people, and he'd be hear me alone. Yeah, I don't the think moonlight and the stars. Yes, it's not that <laughs> confined spaces full of people make him uncomfortable. It's that confined spaces full of Janai make him uncomfortable. <laughs> it's confined spaces full of people make it harder for him to get his dick wet. Well, especially when you, you don't know who to put your swag on. Yeah, you know, his swag ah, meter no, is see, that's the benefit off. of the Janai. He can do it to everyone. Yeah, but not many are going to be attracted to him, though, because he's so gendered. Well, true. I mean, he's so primitive. Yeah, it's like a caveman. He's so hairy and strong, broad shoulders. And I'm sorry, where were we? Barrel chested. <laughs> Strong hands, big fingers, legs that just go on forever. They <laughs> go all the way up to his square chiseled ass. <laughs> anyway, so Soren walks out and says, "Oh, you're out here, huh? All right, you want, you want to come look at some plants? 
Oh my no, I love the fucking flirting they do, talking about like plants and oh yes, the stamen of this one goes into the thing of this other plant, and that's how they reproduce. And he's like, I've always been interested in exobotany with this smirking face. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker, you just admit you like to fuck aliens. You just said it. <laughs> he just admits it. <laughs> exobotany my ass. Exobotany. <laughs> Butney bay. Oh, boy. So the scene closes with Riker just playing tonsil hockey with Soren. Yeah, well, botch, bitch boss like kind of apparently falls him out there or something or notices they wander off. Again, why would she be suspicious? What, what does it fucking matter? I mean, they're colleagues. They went through a death-defying situation. Of course they're going to hang out and be friends. I don't, I don't get the suspicion. Jealousy? Well, well what they, are the odds the one who's persecuting someone being that thing themselves they established right. that that character was soren's flight instructor which i guess kind of implies a long-term relationship where that person cares about soren <clears throat> and you know wants her to be like happy within the normal confines of their society i think that's i think that's probably the motivation and it just kind of got lost in the general mishandling of the episode and there's a deleted scene later on that is just even creepier. But I'll get to that when we get to where that is. Okay. Okay. That sounds interesting. So, back up at the Enterprise, uh, Troy is <clears> going <throat> through her, her box of bullshit. From Earth? <laughs> her mom's yeah. interested in her dad's trash. This is just the weirdest thing to include in this episode <clears throat> that... And I mean, Fort Max says there's a deleted scene, so it's not like they needed to fill time necessarily. So Riker comes in to tell Troy, his Imzadi, that mm. he, he's banging someone new. And she like grins. She like through through gritted teeth. She's like, "That's great for you. That's totally normal. I'm so happy for you." Yeah. Nothing's gonna change between us, right? <laughs> yeah. Still friends, right? Want to smell my finger? Smells fibrous. <laughs> Husky. <laughs> Thank you, for so, Max. If you hadn't gone there, I would have. So having gotten his ex-girlfriend's approval, Riker goes off to meet Soren for some illicit sex. Only surprise! Now, before, now right here, between, between the... That, uh... Now, just before this scene is where the deleted scene is, is that because uh, it include because the deleted scene includes well the, the previous scene and this one, and it's that uh, Riker and uh, Soren are in the engineering just saying, okay, yeah, we'll beat uh, up uh, at this time uh, to talk about stuff uh, and. Bitch Commander is just over towards the back, just staring at the two of them the entire time with the death glare. Uh, <laughs> creepy. Creepy. So, yeah, so I guess Riker transports down to the planet, goes to her quarters, and Bitch Boss is, like, there in her room or something? Basically. So Bitch Boss says, what you're doing is sick and wrong. And we have taken her, and we're going to fix her and make her normal. And you keep your filthy human penis off of her. 
Yeah, and I like how Rector's like, excuse me? And she's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, hell no. You don't fucking tell me what to do. I like how pissed he gets. <laughs> yeah. So we move on down to the planet uh, for a trial scene. Which Rector decides he's going to storm this courtroom. Because fuck your culture. Yep. And the prime directive, apparently. But now, question, how, though. They have warp technology. Exactly. Well, the prime directive still applies to interfering with, you know, the internal affairs of state. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go in and start It sounds like we have two directives, then, rather than just one. Well, no. The don't fuck with free warp and don't interfere with the people's culture. They seem like two separate things. Not really. I mean, the prime directive is a fairly broad thing. The you know the fundamental base of it's it is exactly as broad as needed for the plot. Well, and it, but it also kind of fits together. Like it is a non-interference directive, which means you don't contact pre-warp civilizations because doing so could interfere with their natural development. Non-interference also means you don't go down and try to like ruin somebody's legal system because you disagree with what they're doing right that kind of thing. It's, like it's it's, like it's a subset of another part you know it all falls under the same general heading there's just a yeah. lot of different applications of it yeah i agree with xv it, it is broad but it, it applies in multiple situations it's like free speech or something. It's like, that, well, I mean, it doesn't you know, apply just to books. It applies to all kinds of stuff. Because, again, remember, we had this conversation a couple months ago. This is general order number one. Don't fuck with the other cultures. You I can don't curse ever having recorded a podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was when we were uh, talking about uh, what the list of general orders was. Because, you know, number one is non-interference. Number 24 is blow the planet the fuck up. <laughs> as long as it doesn't interfere sure yeah it's hard to interfere with a civilization that's been annihilated yeah with the wisps of you know methane are left over floating in space oh so it's planet oh. cows well <laughs> it's moo mesa that's it. We're out. Got his mic. No, lo no Lone Star here. <laughs> A different podcast. Stop. Brave Star? That. Brave Star! Star! Okay, so Riker busts into the courtroom scene, and they're like, Objection! You're out of order! He's like, oh, Hold up! Out of order. I just want to explain here. I came on to her. She said no, but I pushed it. I threw myself upon her, and she explained to me it was wrong, but I did not care. Well, this Riker, is all my fault. Yeah, Riker did the cool thing. He tried to cover for Riker her. Riker was a Starfleet officer that lied in court. People do crazy things for love. He did. I think he did the moral thing. It may not have been the legal thing. I think he did the morally right thing. Yeah, he was. he was trying to, like... Yeah, he was trying to do what he thought was the right thing to do to stop her life from getting ruined... Yeah, or save her life completely. I mean, God knows. Because, I mean, it essentially was his fault that she got publicly outed. So, the judge says, is what this filthy male says true? <laughs> and Soren's like, nope. And Rogers looks like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I just handed it to you. That was a softball. I lobbed it. Underhanded. We had this shit. Yeah. You could have gone back to work. Everything would have been fine. 
I mean, you wouldn't have had nope. any split pea soup, but you can't have everything. Well, that was, that's what that's why she did it. it was either like you know be true to herself or have to eat more of that fucking you know. <laughs> so Soren says no. Then she stands up. I'm Soren. I've got something to say. And here we go. So the inspirational, th- heartfelt speech. It usually fixes everything. When Picard does it, it fixes everything. That's... If you listen carefully, you can hear God Bless America start playing in the background. <laughs> I'm proud to be an American. You no, know I know I'm free. So she goes through this whole speech of, you know, I am who I am. I am normal. I don't need to be cured. It's so heartfelt to... and moving. Or it would be if this episode mattered with a damn in any direction. Yeah, she's just basically, look, we're just people just like you. We want to love and be left alone. If you prick us, do we not bleed? Yeah, pretty much. Shows up like a skull and starts talking to Yorick. I don't know. If you prick us, do we not become female? Ooh. Because, you know, you put a penis in them. Yeah, you, you prick them, right? I, right, I think yes. I think, I think we got that. See, the word prick has double... double <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fortnite. Mariposa is Spanish for penis. God damn it! <laughs> Spanish for penis. <laughs> I thought it might be relevant. It's not. No, it doesn't appear to be. Yes, sir. Okay, so she concludes her thirty-minute-long Independence Day speech, and the judge is like, "That's nice, guards, take her away." Yeah. Well, thank you for admitting your perversion. Don't make Bye. it much easier to help you. Yeah, it makes the lobotomy go much easier. Oh, no, these are, like, you know, advanced, sophisticated people. They don't use lobotomies anymore. Yeah, they use, like, psychotechnotronics or something like that. <laughs> Inversion <laughs> therapies. Riker tries to do the next best thing. Just like, okay, okay, call this off. I'll take her with me. You don't yep. ever have to deal with her again. She will not be an undue influence on your society. Everything will be she'll fine. She'll still be female, though. You're cool with that, right? But but right. she'll be far away from you. Nope. Must be destroyed. Now, one thing I gotta say, uh, the actress that they had play uh, Soren, during her big speech, a tear actually rolls down her cheek. And it's like a, it looks like a real tear. Well, don't get too upset that they're actors. They're supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, but it's still neat to see that, like, oh, she was actually acting her ass off. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, if she was, maybe I would have been moved. <laughs> I mean, I should relate to this speech, but I don't. Well, you're a heartless bastard. That comes way before you being homosexual. So, the judge <laughs> said, so, so, just hold up a second here. Let me explain to you how this is. This is all cool. We do this all the time. We have a very well, high success rate. And everybody's happier su- after we fix them. Yes, of those successes, they are invariably happier people. Yeah. Because, like, now, one detail, we, into, one detail we didn't mention from Soren's original story about her school friend is that after his, their fixing, it, you know, they went back in front of the whole school and was just like, I'm so happy to be normal now. Like, that, that's a big part of what they do. Yeah, they make you renounce it and everything, and yeah. they talk about uh, how much happier they are. Ugh. Now, they never mention what happens to the ones that fail to fix, though. Yeah, because a high success rate is not a 100% success rate. Mm-hmm. 
Well, all the ones they're successful with are happier people. Ugh. I guess the other ones are just ostracized and stay the same, or they or end up or... committing suicide because that's See... how it tend tended to happen. Right, exactly. That's going to be the next thing I was about to say. It's like, yeah, I don't think they're just unchanged. They're just driven crazy by this psychotherapy crap. Yes, probably if it doesn't work and they, you know, don't kill themselves, they're probably just institutionalized forever. Right. Sent to live on the edge of the village or whatever. Ugh. So, I'll, <laughs> right okay, here, so, go ahead. Just as a thought exercise here, um, what if, just say for the sake of discussion, uh, their conversion process actually is a true conversion and not just brainwashing. Sure. I, that's... What, what if in the case of the genetics of this people, there actually is like a, say, an on-off switch that's you know malformed on their DNA? Something that's, that this is actually not a natural occurrence. This actually is a genetic flaw. So I want to liken that to something in particular, but I don't want to be getting mad at me. Well, I, I think it's, say a it's a little late for that, Scott. You've been here for <laughs> over an hour. That's true. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, okay, like in the instance of like Down syndrome, there's an extra chromosome. That's clearly a deviation from, quote, normal. Uh, I'm going to murder you, Scott. I know. I know, but that that's a medical. What I just said is is just it's a it's a biological fact. I mean that that's what causes uh, Down syndrome is an extra chromosome. That's just what happens. So I wonder if it's something like that. Going along with with Mickey's thought experiment, I wonder if it's something like if it's that. Not, it's not if if the gender manifestation in this alien species is a genetic DNA misassembly rather than just a development of personality. Of the person's, you know, soul or whatever. If it's purely a physical imperfection in in the genes, and they can actually correct it, and they actually are happier afterwards, well, is I it would, wrong in the alien species to do that? I would submit that the only reason they would be happier is because they are made to conform to the society. Um. And I'm given the fact that they're try that they have to hide it. I would say, okay, yeah, they do not want this. Well, let the episode continue because then it gets really confusing. So, was this, to me, well, 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 sorry. Right. Of course, in the context of the episode where they're trying to make a point about this being normal, I mean, none of that really works for the message of the episode. Right. But just a thought experiment of alien life form, different bodies i mean i would counter this by saying that the assertion of what the quote-unquote normal genetics of the species should be is determined by you know the people in authority like it's the people who are running the society in the first place who decide okay this is a normal genetic structure anything that deviates from that must be either you know corrected or excised okay good point it's relative of whether the the, oh, the like quote gen- unquote defect is a defect or the way it's supposed to be. You a know, preference. a mutation can either <laughs> yeah, a mutation can either be taken as something that's a defect is negative or is just a stage of the the life form becoming something different again. One man's homo superior is another man's gene joke. <laughs> and we all great. know Magneto is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So the, to me, let the, I want to go back to the philosophy of the, of the happiness. Is it okay if they're happier afterwards? Then is it morally okay to do that to them? You know, if they renounce it and they go, "Oh yes, I'm happy now. Thank you for fixing me." Well, to me, that that opens up the question of like, well, why don't we just take everyone's brain, put it in a jar where they feel nothing but pleasure all the time? We have the technology to do it. Would that be morally correct so no one ever feels sad ever again? Because then we start getting into like dystopian kind of thought of like enforced happiness. Is it still real if you force someone to be happy in that way? Doesn't that take away their free will? And which one's more important? Their happiness or their free will to, to live how they want. Star Trek has always seemed to be very humanistic in the sense that suffering and pain, and McCoy goes in this great spiel about this, how, his, how he needs his pain. He needs no, that, that, was that was Kirk. Kirk. Kirk needs his pain. Oh, you're right. No, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because, yeah, that's right. McCoy was like, oh, fuck this. I'm done. You know, that's right. No, no, you're right. Kirk went into that. Everybody's saying he needs his pain because it makes him who he is. So Star Trek, it seems, would be more air on the, on the side of, no, don't change me. It doesn't matter if you're happy. They need to be who they really are not artificially changed. That's where I would stand with this, is that Star Trek Good generally point. would be against this alien species, forcing these people to change, even if it does, even if it does actually make them happier. Even if it does, quote, correct some sort of issue, and so they fit into their society better. Yeah, they may be happier, they fit in, everyone's all the same, but that person's decision was not taken into account. Their free will was usurped, and that's not good. I'll agree to that. So... But but again, this episode's so weird, it kind of loses some shit towards the end. So yeah. whenever you guys are ready to continue. <laughs> yeah, um, we've discussed more thoughtful things than this episode did. I'm not, I that's for other people to decide, not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where the fuck are we? Uh, uh, Picard, Ru- Picard and Riker are having a little chat. Yeah, I like how Riker pieces the fuck out the, out of the uh, the uh, the room out of the well, uh, courtroom. I don't think that discussion really turned out the way Riker expected it to. No, but I like how he just like teleports out right there, which seems kind of rude. It's like hanging up on something. <laughs> when you teleport right down in front of somebody or like directly in front of them, it seems rude. You should like walk around the corner and then transport away. There's something like unsettling it's, about it's, beaming it's away. It's cheaper on the budget that way. Actually, well, no, because like if he just walked out the door and then they changed scene to the Enterprise, like it implies he transported, and there's no special effect needed, so like it well, technically would be cheaper. Yeah, that's what he said. It'd be cheaper. <laughs> oh, I thought he was but saying anyway. just having him go ahead and beam out without actually like changing location would be cheaper. Now let me. Anyway. I mean, not showing the beaming is an effect shot you'd save. Yes, yes. <laughs> but who cares? Um, they did. Picard and Rick. So. Riker is talking with Picard, um, basically saying, I'm about to go do something stupid for my penis. Are you cool with that? <laughs> like, I can break the ground directive right if it's for love. I like how Picard is like, uh, uh, no, um, I'm your boss. I can't fucking tell you to do that. But do what you got to do, bitch. Not to do that? Yeah, I mean... I'm not going to tell you to go against your conscience, but at the same time, I am duty-bound to tell you, don't break the Prime Directive, and if you fuck up really bad, I probably can't save your ass. But, you know, you be you. Do you. But this is a bad fucking idea. (laughs) But but you do you. You can do it. Don't let me influence you in any way to not do this. This is something a fucking idiot would do, but go right ahead. It's fine. I support you, whatever you choose to do, you fucking idiot. I mean, throw away your career. That's fine. I mean, you've pretty much done that anyway by passing up two or three captain seats in a row. 
You could have been a Q, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So Riker's packing his uh, jailbreak kit in his quarters. His his bug out bag. (laughs) When Worf comes into the scene to deliver him some bullshit report about some nonsense. On the tiniest pad they have. (laughs) It's like an iPhone 4. (laughs) It's the Zoom pad. (laughs) It's an iPod, like, you know. <laughs> Delivering a report on iPod Nano. So, um, Worf gets this weird look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's some shenanigans up, huh? I want <laughs> in. Like, he sees a crab buffet and no one in line. Yes. Yes. I can smell your hormones from here, Riker. You're, You're to about something. to go to the planet and do something naughty. <laughs> I want. Yeah. I also like, you know, Worf's line, I'm aware of what happened on the planet somehow because, you know, there's no secrets on this ship. <laughs> I like to think probably after Riker, like, left the ready room, went to the turbo lift and went back to his quarters, Picard came out the bridge. Hey, you guys, listen to what just happened. Yes. <laughs> Jordy, tap into his communicator. <laughs> Holy uh, shit, can you believe this? Perhaps it's like as soon as Riker left the bridge, like Picard's like, Worf, come to my quarters for a moment. I need to tell you to do something. <laughs> Riker's gonna do something stupid. Make sure he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, we want him to see we want to see him live to trial. <laughs> More importantly, court make sure he doesn't get caught. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Worf's role there was probably just to make sure that if something went really wrong, there would be no bodies left. No survivors. Now, Picard was probably not super specific on this, so in Morris' mind, it's like, okay, this goes bad. Vaporize everyone. <laughs> Setting 16, no witnesses. <laughs> White beam so, phaser. They beam down to the planet in their stealth outfits. I mean, Morris kind of in a stealth outfit. Riker's just, like, wearing his, like, casual blues. Yeah. Which I think after Next Generation was over, they made that into an outfit for O'Brien. Oddly. They had to well, expand it's... the midsection a little. <laughs> <laughs> so they beat up two innocent guards and they grab Soren and Riker drags her into the woods for intimate scene. And Worf just kind of disappears. He's still punching the guards over, <laughs> over and over and over again. He's make, yeah, he's making sure to not hit them so hard they lose consciousness because then you have to stop. Because you know <laughs> it's not it's not honorable to punch an opponent on the floor, but if you punch them just soft enough that they like stay on their feet, you can punch them as much as you want, even if they're not fighting back anymore. <laughs> you just hold them by the collar. That's a weirdly specific like a... chain there. <laughs> yeah, actually, you've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> Well, it's not like to think that he punched them hard enough to knock them down, but as they're going down, he slams his foot on theirs, and they pop back up like a rake. Wasn't that the uh, opening scene from Ninja Turtles 2, the original Ninja Turtles 2? I don't recall. Okay. I don't remember combat confidence. He's leaving. Hear that? He's leaving because of it. <laughs> no, that was Fort Max. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, was- so... Yeah. And yeah, I remember the combat cold cuts. Uh, one of the ninja, one of the movie turtle action figures actually came with that as an accessory. 
Yeah, because they couldn't use their weapons in Ninja Turtles 2 because it was stupid. Yeah, that's why uh, the Michelangelo figure came with a double yo-yo accessory. Ugh. <laughs> you remember when this podcast was about Star Trek? Do you remember when it was about Tokusatsu? <laughs> no, thank being, God. I remember it being about Pokemon and Transformers and like old Fox Digimon Kids shows. Digimon occasionally. And the Usinator. <laughs> Scott, have you seen the Usinator? Uh, I guess that's a no. I might have. <laughs> Next, me take care of this. <sighs> is it a Ninja Turtle thing? No. Oh, is it the is it the uh, Super Soaker that shot Gook? Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. So yeah, he I, has seen I, it. I don't need to get the video. No, no, no. They they use that technology for other devices like Bad Dragon. But anyway, uh, <laughs> well, Scott just outed himself. <laughs> we both recognize what he was talking about, though. So yes, this is more about you guys than about me. <laughs> <laughs> we recognize we've all been we, on the internet. We recognize it, but well, we don't make the references we, ourselves. There's a difference. <laughs> what we uh, what we do matter. have Giga Beetle on for something, Giga. We need to ask him if he ever used a Nusinator in his old line of work. <laughs> well, he certainly knew how to make replacement filling for it. <laughs> the corn syrup thing going on. Uh, anyway, well, without getting into too much detail, Giga Beetle is actually skilled in producing fake semen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm skilled in producing real semen. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Giga Beetle can produce more of the fake stuff than you can produce real. That sounds like a challenge. I'm gonna go drink some. Uh... Well, that's an interesting Giga Beetle challenge, isn't it? <laughs> it's a it's like a double dare challenge of a race to fill up the glass to the line. <laughs> Mark Norris just looks on with disgust. <laughs> okay, but we're getting the forty ounce glasses out. Oh no. Right, no, no gotta... it's, it's, it's a waiting pool you have to fill up. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna need some pineapple juice and Gatorade. Let's do this. Might uh, might add some B12 in there too. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need a, like. Yeah, okay, anyone, come on. Let's move on. <laughs> what about B4? Uh, no, no, no. He looked too much like old fat data. <laughs> that's why. That okay, was, that's right. why that was a failed prototype. Doctor Sung took one look at it after he was done. It's like, oh fuck. <laughs> I left it in the oven too long. <laughs> this looks too actually like me. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Okay, so Riker grabs sword and Soren's like, it's too late. I've already been fixed. I'm so well, happy now. But she doesn't say that though. She doesn't she just like apology goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was wrong and I was mistaken before. It's like the same day, isn't it? I mean he didn't wait until like the next because the next day she was gonna go get go get fixed or whatever. Um, but it's like the same night. This is the night before. What the hell happened? She doesn't say that she's been through the therapy. It's heavily implied that she has been. But they don't say it, though, and that bugs me. That's weirdly ambiguous, then. It, it is. And she's well, still being she's, weirdly ambiguous. And she's still being escorted by the security personnel, which is itself right. weird if she's already gone through the treatment. Right. So why is she suddenly like backing out now? I, I don't understand. I, I kind of feel like she just cock teased Riker, which is an interstellar crime. 
It might be that she was trying to do her own version of what Riker was doing in the courtroom and just, like, cutting him off so he does not do something stupid and ruin his life, too. That might be it. But at the same time, if that was the intent, it was not communicated well <clears throat> at all. No, because it plays like she's already been brainwashed. Yeah. Right. But yeah, what you just suggested makes sense. This episode has so many issues. Yeah, but but Riker... It's a disaster. The look of confusion on Riker's face matches the audience. The audience is like, what the fuck is going on? He's got that same look of, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, well, Crusher could, like, undo it. Let's do this. She's like, no, I'm good. Thanks. Bye. You can't, you know, pass him on the shoulder. You're a good friend. (laughs) You're my bestie. And then just, then turns around and walks away like it's nothing. Which is... Super strange. It's like they're trying to make it seem tragic, but it's just confusing. And here's the other thing. Okay, she doesn't... Okay, let's say she has been brainwashed already. Okay, fine. That doesn't mean that she's incapable of feeling love. They still have emotions. It's not like they destroy emotions. She would still be attracted to Riker, but not because of his maleness. She might right? not be, though. It, like, No, because remember, they found that genderedness is offensive to them. Oh, yeah, I guess it's so. Based- she don't... She would only be attracted to other uh, androgynous people. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So, but I don't know. Yeah. They don't say, they don't tell the audience what happened and that's, it's unsatisfying. What the fuck? Yes. This episode is unsatisfying. Yeah. Extremely. So then we cut back up to the ship. Go, um, go on. (laughs) Sorry. Well, yeah, we come back up to the ship and like, Picard's like, um, we're supposed to go somewhere. Are we done here, Riker? He's like, yep. Fuck this place. Yeah, fuck this gay earth. Engage. Yeah, I like how Picard does kind of do the subtle, are you done? And Riker's like, yep. Are, are we going to be visited by any other alien prosecutors this week? <laughs> right. Or prostitutors? <laughs> so, uh, no issues with the Prime Directive? Nope. Okay. Good lad, let's go. Do I and Riker's like, I'll be visiting Minuet. <laughs> yeah. And then that look of Riker's face, you know, that, that like long look on Riker's face is so sad. But at the same time, what is going through his head? I don't know what's going through his head. Okay. Ugh, fucking weird. So what happened? What did we learn? What was the moral of the story? Um, that conversion <laughs> therapy is bad. Oh, except when it works and it, and it is okay. Uh, no. I okay. Mean, so like, what? Like, no, like I feel like the episode is trying to maintain that, the conversion therapy idea is a bad and wrong thing, but it is also showing that it's not possible for the Enterprise, it's not possible for Starfleet to win every time. It's not, it's also maintaining that, like, they cannot go and impose their values on alien culture because that's not their thing. Like, that's kind of why you, that, that's kinda why you get the, the ending this way. But they do that all the time, though, when there's a higher moral imperative. They will fuck well, over another planet and, and screw their culture if it's something terrible. If there's slavery or something, they'll fucking stop it. You know? But they're intending to write this episode as a tragedy from the beginning, though. Uh, okay. Because th- this is terrible that people are being put through conversion therapy, and Riker's going to suffer a huge loss because of it. Right. Therefore, but, that's why Starfleet can't intervene because it would fuck up the loss. Well, it, it would, but I mean, how often does Star Trek do tragedies like this? This is not what Star Trek's generally about. Generally, no, but in this case, that's what they were going for. They wanted to tell a tragedy. Oof, it's rough. And it's rough because the tragedy is Riker's and not Soren's. Well, I mean, it's also Soren. 
all this episode. Yeah, see, the tragedy is that Riker didn't get what he wanted. Not that Soren got brainwashed or that her, their culture is completely, is horribly transphobic, I guess would be the correct term. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's not the tragedy. The tragedy is that Riker didn't get to be with a woman he loved. Yeah, instead they make the tragedy about the uh, cis white, white guy. Male. Right, exactly, exactly. The tragedy is the cisgender white male didn't get what he wanted. <laughs> the one Never with the name in the credits. The real tragedy of this episode is that even for a race of, you know, agendered people, they really need a better hairstylist. (laughs) Yes, thank you. That's unacceptable. (laughs) Thank you. Surely there's a supercuts in space somewhere. (laughs) I think that is the supercuts haircut. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So that's a, that's two just horribly misplaced moral imperative morality plays uh, by Star Trek. So that's that's two down, one to go. Oh my god! Yes, one where somebody came out afterward and said, "You know what? We kind of dropped the ball here." Yeah. So this is a uh, yeah episode uh, season five episode seventeen the outcast LBGTNG. No, no, it's uh, socially regressive month. Yeah, but it, for this interrupted episode. by Krispy Kreme for a week. <laughs> well, we need to have some hope. <laughs> you know, donuts. This this is the shit in the in the shit sandwich. <laughs> so uh, next week is going to be uh, the Enterprise episode where Paul gets telepathic AIDS. Oh yeah, season two, I presume. I think so. Two, yeah, two, episode fourteen. Title. Uh, stigma. Okay. Yeah. Not smegma, stigma. And not the holes in your wrist either. That's stigmata. Right. No, that's such a wonderful your... phrase. No, that's when Happy your eyes Easter, get messed though. up. No, that's when your eyes get messed up. That's astigmatism. <laughs> I have that in my left eye. I got it in both eyes now. I have very complex contact lenses. Look with your special eyes. <laughs> my vision's fine. I don't know. I've seen who you've been with. My vision's fine. My judgment is not. <laughs> there we go. Good thing. Oh shit. Oh, so uh, any any thoughts about this episode, Fort Max? It wasn't the up. Uh, it wasn't that Deep Space Nine episode. It's not. It's not a hateful episode. It's just An a disaster. Episode. It's a mess. It's not hateful. It's ignorant. Yeah. Well, I think the aim was off because, like I said, after twenty-five years, the the topic that they're talking about, the way presented it, actually has a relevance. They picked something that was going to be a metaphor. Well, the metaphor became more like real-world, everyday life that we talk about now. And I don't know if they could have foreseen that. Well, they should have. They're Star Trek. I I agree. They predicted fucking cell phones. They could have predicted the fact that transgender issues could they have been. They didn't predict uh... cell phones. See, that's the problem. They didn't predict cell phones. They caused cell phones to happen. Uh, well, how do you how do you know which one way or the other? Cause and effect, baby. Because the people who made cell phones and specifically flip phones went on record saying we wanted to make the thing in Star Trek where you have a thing in your pocket you can talk to people. Like we wanted to make the portable phone because it's like the communicator. Yes, but Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone before Star Trek. But that wasn't the portable <laughs> one. And he invented it all by himself, like as a, as a pure genius. It was just know. him and Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jack Kirby, who the fuck is that? Oh man. How great is it we know someone personally who's been ripped off by Stan Lee? I kind of feel bad for him. I mean, ah, no, he's fine with it. <laughs> well, it still sucks. What is this? Uh, fake eyes. Yeah. On Twitter. Yeah. He posted a fantastic Spider-Man. Kendrick oh yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, and Stanley put reposted it without giving him credit. Are you kidding? No. No. Holy and he got like three thousand retweets from Stanley. Oh my god. Excelsior! The original post last I checked was sitting at 1,400 retweets or something crazy like that. Wow. Well, Fake Eyes is basically American Giga Beetle, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was actually about to say something like that. So, like, Giga Beetle's not American? What is he? Swedish. Swedish. Oh, yeah, you've never actually talked to Giga Beetle. He does his J's, his Y's, and everything. Yeah, that's very good. (laughs) So he talks like a Viking. He kind of talks like robbers. Robbers. I'll Don't. send you links later on. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm. I, you <laughs> I, know, I, I. Or I'm you gonna... could just list any of the episodes of superhero time that he's on. Well, that's true. Yeah, but he, he should listen to something entertaining, though. Well, he, like, he's really... that's why I said the one the episodes <laughs> of superhero time that he's yeah. on. <laughs> All right. Well, let me go to tfradio.net. You could go to, to tokupodcast.com. Which one? Tokupodcast.com. Which redirects to tfradio.net. Slash superhero time. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Kilby likes buying domains. What can we say? <laughs> I like spending Kilby's money. At one point, he had Blah Blah Digimon. Yeah, that lapsed, though, because we couldn't actually get Ken to commit to doing a podcast. Gigabe. Like, I think, I think the idea of that at the time was to have Ken and Chris McFeely do a Digimon podcast together. A battle of the accents. <laughs> wow, so he hasn't been on for like years. Yeah. Well, we haven't had superhero time for years. Yeah, so the latest one with uh, <laughs> Superhero Time, episode 216, September 16th, 2014. Giga Beetle is everyone's waifu. That's true, he is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know I wrote that. I don't remember the context, though. <laughs> I don't know if that would help. <laughs> Well, right now it's at like 4 a.m. in Sweden or some bullshit. So? So it's hard for him to join the podcast because he's to stay up ridiculously late. Or early. He's Swedish. It's not like he has a job to go to. The government just pays for everything. He has plenty of time. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. They have, they have a lovely society. <laughs> we should all be more like them. Except for the suicide rates. Mm, no. No, that's how they keep their bloodline pure. It's like free. It's like it's like free eugenics. It's like free eugenics. That's how you get cons, though. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out what you meant by that, and it's like, oh, okay, like K A H N. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, that was an uncomfortable episode. It wasn't as bad as that first one we did, but oh uh, yeah, that was that's... nowhere near as uncomfortable as Profit and Lace. Yeah, Profit and Lace was just bad all around. I resist. I, so... I've resisted covering Profit and Lace for over a year just because the episode made me so uncomfortable. So I, I did some research, and apparently I read multiple sources that were like, oh yeah, that, that's the worst episode of DS9. You know, there's this, this the Spock's brain of DS9. And I was like, well, that that makes sense to me. But Spock's brain is fun. 
It is. It's terrible, but it's fun. But this, yeah, you're right. This wasn't even like fun. Private Lace was yeah, I was just... going to say, there are worse episodes. There are way worse episodes of uh, original series than Spock's Brain. Like, I always thought the general consensus was that uh, The Way to Eden was the worst episode of the original series. I think Spock's Brain is considered the dumbest episode of the original series, not necessarily the worst. Oh, yeah, I can't argue with that, but, like, it's fun dumb, so it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's the enjoyable kind of stupid. That was pretty much my dating criteria in high school, (laughs) or college, rather. Fun dumb. Because you could enjoy them because they were stupid because they would date you. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's that's that is the joke. <laughs> that is it. Yeah, I don't know what you would have done if your wife hadn't moved in next door to you. <laughs> Other way around. Yeah. Oh, I, I moved next door to her. <laughs> well, that just makes it sound creepy and stalky then. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I do, you know. I move I move in next door to, to immigrants as, as often as I can. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking for a vulnerable female immigrant that I can move next to. <laughs> Intro quote. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was already halfway there when you said it. <laughs> I'm always a little halfway there. All right. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. I think we've kind of milked this one for all we can. All we should. <laughs> yeah, that's a better way to put that. We've s- squeezed every drop of moisture out of that husk. So, it's like vegetable oil. Why is it like vegetable oil? The moisture is semen. Oh, (laughs) but they they talk about how they reproduce, but they don't actually talk about how they reproduce. So, yeah, like where do these fibrous husks come from? Right, and do they go? Do they extrude them? Do they build them? It comes in a kit from Sears. <laughs> Maybe their mating process is like they like Tinker Toys. They assemble a fibrous husk. I mean, it, okay, so like genetically, are they like a plate of rice and beans? Where like each member of their society has like half of the genetic material needed to make another of their kind, and they just need like a crock pot to like you know gestate it in. Okay, this is the second worst metaphor I've heard all night. <laughs> Besides the one used in the episode. But Scott, <laughs> crockpots are, crock are all nice and warm and moist and, you know, they're they're a great environment for <laughs> incub- incubating a about. fetus. <laughs> yeah, I want to stick my dick in them and <laughs> they simmer for a long time. You just soak your meat in there. It's great. So much of carrots in there. <laughs> well, you got you to gotta, gotta, yeah, you gotta smooth them out first, though. You got to wash them. You yeah, nobody al- likes an uncut carrot. Yeah, you should always wash first. <laughs> uh, yeah, because then you get split pea soup, so you got to be careful of that. Yeah, you know, this horrible episode notwithstanding, this race of Jedi, it, it is intriguing. I want to know more about their physiology of how this all... Yeah. It's a shame that... Actually, a... where the husks come from? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, where do they like, go? Like, how, how do their genes combine to, to give genetic diversity? To keep the species from stagnating. Ah, well, I mean, look at them. They didn't. But that's any Star Trek alien species. Pretty much, yeah. They just raised so many questions. (laughs) And like so many of these things, we never see or hear hear from them ever again. Well, it's a big galaxy. It it is. 
probably after this, they sent a letter to the Federation. It's like, you know, don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're ready to join the Federation. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Don't, don't bother. We've decided to join the brain. <laughs> Sorry, <that's... laughs> because yeah, they seem to be pretty androgynous. Have you ever seen a female brain? Didn't think so. Yeah. That's like Carrie Fisher though, don't they? Female brain. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Okay. Right. 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 Okay. There's a helmet because it looks like the. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 I had to walk through that one, but I made it. <laughs> I had to grab. The, I had to grab the, the handrails to walk up those stairs. Okay. So next week is Enterprise season three, two, no, two, season two, oh. episode seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Oh, it can't be that late in it. Yeah. 14, 14, my bad, 14. Sorry. I've already seen this episode. I'm not that far into season two. Perhaps you watched this one separately. I may have. Perhaps this so was a it... rare episode you watched when it was broadcast. No, it'd be one that I watched from Ben Head on TV, probably. Mm. So okay, that's what it is, yes. That's definitely what it is. So when she discovers she has, like, Vulcan AIDS, does she, like, had to use subspace and talk to her, all of her old partners to tell them to go get checked? <laughs> Is that in the, is that in this episode? I think so. Yes. <laughs> See, that, that's why I like the, the realism of that. You know, responsible dating in the twenty third century, twenty second, twenty second. Wow, twenty second. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's this is all awesome. oh, right. So that so this is when Sherlock Holmes gets cloned. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes in the twenty second century. In space. No. The <laughs> The B-plot for this episode is where we meet uh, Dr. Flox's wife. Yeah. And she, oh. and, she want, and she wants Tripp's package. That's right. Yep. She wants his nacelle. Flox is like, have fun! Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's an alien like species that's like fleshed out that makes sense. Actually, go I agree, that. that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have 16 spouses, woohoo! I don't have to see any of them ever. It's great. Yeah, that's why I went on a spaceship, because I have 16 <laughs> spouses. <laughs> well, to the edge of the known space, sign me up. <laughs> Imagine Warp all factor. the women I could find there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't leave behind. <laughs> Warp factor, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Maybe Kirk converted to denobulism at some point in his life. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Denobulans, uh, that's not a philosophy. It's a race of people. You can't just convert. <laughs> okay, he got, like, I, he got like, dual citizenship with the Denobulans or something then. Uh, I identify as Andorian. <laughs> I know I don't have antenna or blue skin, but I identify as an Andorian. You are no Jeffrey Combs. That is, that, that's fucking true. Thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> God, I wish I were. You're more of a founder. God damn it. Like, it's the forehead, isn't it? <laughs> it's not helping. <laughs> it's not helping. I'll say the lack of human emotion, but, you know. Uh, I, I do a that's, really good... that's more uh, Paladin. <laughs> <laughs> what race would Paladin be? <sighs> I thought it was going to be more of like, where in the spectrum is he? No, that's no, a... that would be me. <laughs> That's a fun game to play there, buddy. Because we're uh, in the no, spectrum. The, are you? I think uh, Paladin's place on the spectrum is in the Browns. 
<laughs> He's ultra brown. <laughs> he needs special detectors to pick it up. <laughs> you can't see it with the naked eye. It's so brown. <laughs> I was, I was going to go with infra brown, but yeah, ultra brown works too. I don't know. Paladin would be a Tellarite. Oh, yeah. Ah. He's just always yeah. kind of grumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, that's funny. So, what would Ken be? What was Eric's again? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to ask if there was a race that uh, needed oil. <laughs> I was I was trying to think of something along that line, but nothing was really coming to me before the Eric's thing. So what what was oh, that? Be Kirk's shower. He just drip oil onto him. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, what, what was that episode where they have like a they meet the, the aliens, the woman that like is traveling faster in time. So when she speaks, it's all high pitched and squeaky. It's like buzzing. I think that's oh, yeah, TOS. That's, yeah, that's from that was TAS. TAS. No, no, no. Okay. the um, the accelerated species was original series. Oh. Mm. But the, something like that. The episode was in the blink of an eye, I think. Sounds about right. But maybe something like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It was TAS where it was backwards. Like yeah, backwards time. Uh, backwards universe. The best episode of Animated Series was when they met Satan. <laughs> yes. That was just amazing. And he was just kind of a bro. Yeah. <laughs> built like a brick shit house. <laughs> Bam. I guess this is the kind of thing I don't understand. It's like Q. If you're going to be omnipotent, you might as well be like having a banging body. Q never did that. He's evolved past the need to have a banging body. Yeah, like you're looking at this from a very human perspective. There's a reason for that. A, a 21st century human perspective. That's There's a reason worse. for that. But, you know, way... Q looked in on the Enterprise and examined, you know, the, the body forms of the life forms there. And it's just like, okay, so if I do this, it will basically be the average of everything that's there. <laughs> Glad he didn't take into account male and female. You don't know. You've never like seen one... Q without pants from the yeah, front. Well, no, I yes, like... we have. <laughs> yes, from the front. I figured he'd have like one boob, you know. <laughs> he split down the middle. No, just, yeah, one boob in the middle. <laughs> right, yeah, uniboob. Like, like Batman the Animated Series. Yes, unipack. Well, no, it doesn't go all the way across. Oh, it's like it's vertical. It's a vertical boob. Well, it's just you know the the size and shape of a normal boob. If it's it's directly in the middle. Oh, yeah. It's like the the one girl from Total Recall. If you took the two side ones away. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was thinking more like just one long boob that extended from the neck down to like the the, the navel, <laughs> with a, a long nipple that extended along the way. <sighs> this so, is why so, we don't. So more like a a ventral fin. That oh secretes milk. <laughs> well, you just came up with a more interesting like alien race than Star Trek ever did. Yeah, but imagine the uh, prosthetics needed to pull that off. Well, let me log on to baddragon.com. Let's see here if I can <laughs> find something that matches. It's in your bookmarks. Oh, yeah, here it is. It's, just, it's my desktop wallpaper. <laughs> it's their oh, 2017 Apple. catalog. <laughs> Oh, the Gargantua. I haven't got that one yet. <laughs> the Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm about spent for the night. 
It's all that bad dragon. Yeah. 